Welcome to Beyond the Donation, a podcast powered by DonorDoc. Our goal is to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to further your fundraising and to teach you how to build your best donor relationships beyond their donation. Now on to the show with your host, Matt Bitsagai. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Donation. I am your host, Matt Bitsagai, and I am joined today by Kelsey Buell. Kelsey, how are you? I am so good. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's exciting to have you. Um, maybe you could just take a minute and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do and uh, some of the experiences you've had within the nonprofit space. Absolutely. So a little bit of background. Uh, the majority of my background, it was actually in recruiting. Um, so spent a number of years recruiting and listening to other people talk about their jobs and the struggles and frustrations that they have in their jobs. And then I, after doing the recruiting, I did spend a number of years in the nonprofit world at an organization called TNT Kids Fitness doing fundraising and I loved it, uh, but I just felt like my path was going a different direction. And so a couple of years back, I actually founded my own company. It took a couple different twists and turns, but it is now You Flourish Company and we help individuals and businesses prosper no matter what season of life they're in. And so helping people, I like to say, connect uh, or connect with other people, reflect on what you want so that you can grow in healthy ways and flourish. I love it. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot. I think you do such a great job of uh, in in the areas that you're working in and are really helpful to a lot of people and a lot of organizations. So thank you for that. Thank um, you, Matt. Yeah. So the topic we really wanted to talk with you today um, about is burnout within nonprofits. And I think that uh, like any business, I think, you know, burnout can certainly happen in the nonprofit space. We've got a lot of organizations who are, you know, resource constrained and they're trying to do a lot with a little. And I thought maybe to just help us kind of start the conversation, if you could just define for our listeners, when we talk about burnout, like what are we talking about and, and how does that differ from being stressed out in your job? Because I think that they're probably, they are different, but, you know, kind of help us understand that. Absolutely. So Matt, a staggering statistic is that at least 52% of people would raise their hand and claim I'm feeling burned out. And so what burnout is, is it's a state of physical, mental, emotional exhaustion. So I like to think of it as there's no gas left in the tank. Uh, I almost find myself, if I'm starting to feel a little bit burned out, I get to a, an, an unhealthy point of apathy. Mm -hmm. So being in a place of not caring as much. Now, the reason why it's so critical to talk about stress when we talk about burnout is because burnout is caused by prolonged stress, meaning our bodies actually physically are responding to stressors. So the things that are causing us stress. And if our body doesn't release that stress, and we are in a heightened state of stress on an ongoing basis, that's what's going to ultimately lead us to becoming in a state of burnout. So burnout is caused by prolonged stress. Got it. And so you know, when we think about, again, any, really any business or any, anything in life, I mm -hmm. suppose, can create these situations where people kind of get to that point. You know, what are some of the things that we see as far as how burnout affects people? Um, you know, you, you mentioned apathy, but like, how does it manifest itself? And how does somebody, you know, know if that's kind of where they're at or what they're dealing with? 
Well, I think the true challenge, Matt, is once you feel like you're burned out, it's almost a little bit too late. And I hate mm. to say that because there are ways to dig yourself out of burnout, but mm-hmm. it's it's one of these things where we have to actually proactively be noticing signs of if my energy is low, if I am maybe spending more time you know, binging on TV or unhealthy things. If when we're feeling stressed, we are not able to channel that stress in a productive way. I think this the moment that we start noticing that our behavior is changing a little bit, that might be a sign that we're on this track to burnout because I think we all know inside what it feels like to be in a, have good momentum. And so if we feel like we're losing momentum and again, we're engaging in ways that are unhealthy, we could be getting close to that burnout. And I kind of think of it as a continuum. We're either moving towards it or away from it. And so oftentimes I think society tells us that if we have a green smoothie or if we take a spa day every so often that that one day is going to help us not be burned out. But the the truth of the matter is we have to be implementing tiny habits every single day on a consistent basis in order to prevent us from getting to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, as you're talking about it, that it, it strikes me that, you know, there's, there's like burnout, there's depression and, and, and like, what's the difference between those two things? Because, you know, I would, again, I would assume that they're, those are two very different things, but may share some common things. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, depression, I do think is something that is all probably linked a little bit to burnout. You could mm-hmm. probably be burnout and burned out and be depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I would say that depression and anxiety, there's a chemical imbalance in sure. your brain, whereas burnout is maybe caused by external factors. Um, I would guess that depression is something that, again, it's that chemical imbalance, Mm -hmm. uh, but we can all become burned out by factors in our environment. And so I often say that there are kind of four key areas that could cause that burnout. And that's if I'm not in alignment with one of these four, it's either job fit, Mm -hmm. my manager relationship, my team dynamics, or my culture. So I've been in situations where I loved my job, I loved my manager, but maybe my team, we didn't get along and I didn't quite feel like I fit in the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, or I often find it on the flip side where so an individual, they they don't really care for their job, but they love their team and the culture so much that they'll do whatever it takes. And so I often say if if two or more of those four things are out of balance, that's oftentimes too when we get into that point of feeling burned out. And, you know, you've, you've spent a lot of time yourself in the nonprofit space. I know you've worked with nonprofit leaders as well. Like specifically when we think about burnout within the nonprofit space, like what are some of the common things that you have seen that out, you know, you've mentioned those four, but like, what are some specific things or scenarios where you kind of see this manifesting itself within that space specifically? Mm-hmm. Well, I know you said the word specific, so I'm going to get really specific and then we can maybe uh, I'll zoom in and then maybe we can zoom out. But yeah. one particular role that I see having a lot of challenges with stress, overwhelm and burnout is a lot of nonprofits. I think we've talked about this before. They're trying to do a lot with a little. Mm-hmm. So they have a smaller team. And so when it comes to donor development and marketing, oftentimes instead of breaking it in half and having someone do 
external marketing where they're out, they're meeting people, they're talking to people, they're friend raising, essentially, they're, they're building those relationships. And then they're also expected to go back into the office and do the behind the scenes work, be the creative mind. And so oftentimes I see that, um, that kind of PR communications marketing role as all one person. And I think it's very important for that person, whoever that is, if it is a combined role to recognize which one am I a genius at, right? Is it the external facing or the internal facing? And which one am I going to have to stretch at? Mm. And so I think a lot of nonprofits, they're moving so fast and they're trying to figure things out that they don't take a moment to step back and think about what are all the skill sets of the people that we have? Where are we stretching? Where are we falling short? Where are our gaps? And how can we either one you know, maybe exchange some tasks between multiple people so that they can be living in their strengths a little bit more. Or if that's not possible, how can we wrap our arms around one another and just say, hey, I know this is going to be hard. This isn't in our skill set, um, but we're going to get through it together. And so I think that that skill set piece of recognizing, um, I, I think, again, we all often lump a lot of tasks that are very different into one job. And so realizing which parts of it are going to feel exhausting over the course of time is really important. Yeah, we hear a lot, you know, you've got the the development director who's also the event planner who's also like you said the person leading marketing and uh, I'm sure that can be very very overwhelming and create a situation you touched on those four things where you may get out of balance a little bit uh in yeah. a couple of those areas. So well, um, and- go ahead. If I could just add one more thing, I know too, with that externally facing, building the relationships, one of the things I realized as time went on is that initially I was so excited to ask for money because I I believe in my mission. I'm so passionate about it. But over time, if you get told no a lot, that can really become defeating. And so I just have one quick mindset tip that I've offered up that I really just love to share with as many people as I can. Um, And it goes like this. Um, It's SW, 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 next. And what that stands for is some will, some won't, so what, someone's waiting, next. And so every time I would get a no, and that would get me heading towards burnout and feeling Mm -hmm. defeated, I would tell myself that saying, and then I would reframe and say, hey, someone said no, but that just means I'm that much closer to a yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love that tip. And I, those, those are very, you know, those tactical, like practical things that people can apply, I think are really helpful. And sometimes it is really hard. Like, you know, I, I see all of our customers and um, how hard they're working for their mission and how hard they work to try and build these relationships. And it can be defeating, I think, in certain situations when you, you know, like you said, you're told no or, or it's not a good fit. But, um, you know, by and large, these missions are are worth it. And these mm-hmm. these fundraisers are out there um, putting themselves out there all the time. And I think, uh, you know, it is a situation where I, I think you um, anytime you're in that kind of role, you could, you're kind of opening yourself up. And if you feel passionate about what you're doing uh, and you care about what you're doing, you do open yourself up to the, the downside of that, which is that you take things very personally and you kind of hold them near and dear to, you know, even when it's a challenging thing. So um, yep. outside of that step, like what are some other practical things that you kind of talk about with people that you work with to try and create uh, or that they can implement, you know, to try and create that fulfilling and healthy work life that they're that that most of us are trying to find. 
Hmm. Well, I'll try to keep this succinct and not go off on a tangent, but I could, there's so many things, so many ideas I have for you right now, Matt. But the first thing I think that I want to circle back to when it comes to tips is recognizing that um, when your body experiences stress, it actually has to catch up to your brain. And so, for example, I might have a stressor that I encounter frequently. Maybe there's it could be a coworker or it could be a client or oftentimes it's a person or maybe it's a deadline. I think of accountants all the time, how um, heading up to tax deadline, tax how that could yep. be a huge stressor and it reoccurs every single year. And so what happens is when we when we have any external stressor, our body physically is reacting to that stressor. And so we have to do things to tell our body that we're safe in order for it to catch up to our brain. And so for an example, this is a, I have a bunch of examples, but I talked to a mom the other day who told me that when her kids seem overwhelmed and uh, stressed, she tells them to go take a shower. Now that might sound silly, but anything sensory, like for me, if I'm stressed, I full disclosure, I don't wash my hair every day. I do shower every day, but just the act of having that water flow over my head and engaging in something sensory that can rejuvenate me. I often hear people talking about rubbing your palms together. If you're feeling stressed, um, wiggling your toes in your shoes, um, physical movement is the number one way to reduce and prevent stress. So if you have a stressful client call, hang up and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also want to mention that sometimes what typically works for you won't always work for you. There was a scenario where I had a really stressful day. I got home from work. I went for a walk. I talked about it with my husband to try to get his feedback and try to clear my mind. Neither of those things worked. Um, It wasn't until later that evening when I had to, I had to sew a button on a shirt, um, which at the time was stressing me out. But the second I sat down and did something creative and almost therapeutic, I felt the stress leave my body. So remembering to engage yourself in sensory experiences, even a big hug, or um, I know that we don't, as humans, we don't like to show emotion often in front of people. But if you've ever had a long or a, a cry out of the blue, and you don't know why you're crying, it's probably because you're completing a stress cycle. So again, our body has to release that stress. So that's one of the first things that I would say um, is really, really critical is to recognize that every single day in order to complete the stress cycle, you have to actually do these reps and give yourself sensory experiences to alleviate the stress that your body is holding on to. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. So um, as you're thinking through you know, those different things. So we talked a little bit about how prolonged stress can kind of Mm -hmm. lead to the burnout. And so, you know, obviously the goal is that you're learning to manage that stress properly so that it doesn't get to that burnout point. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's say that we are at that burnout point. Mm -hmm. So then what, like, what are the things we can do? So first and foremost, I would say, um, Maybe reevaluating what your goals and priorities are. I think the biggest thing is if you get to that point of burnout, it's going to be about taking baby steps. So, what I mean by that is you're not going to go from feeling extremely burned out one day to feeling fully engaged and excited the next day. But if there are some baby steps that you can take in order to re energize your passion, 
um, that can be really helpful. One of the things that I've noticed is sometimes we go through seasons in our job where we're burned out in our job, but there are other things we can engage in that can give us fuel and energy to re-engage in our job. Um, so for example, Matt, I feel like when you and I did a workshop a couple of years back with your team, I was feeling a little bit burned out in my job. You gave me this workshop opportunity and I was able to come and pour into your team um, and do something unique and different. And that actually, when I went back to the office, I felt much more excited about the work I was doing there because I was able to channel my energy in a different way. I think the biggest thing that as humans that we crave is connection and we are totally living in an epidemic of distraction and isolation. And so the other thing I would say is talk to someone about it. Talk to someone that you trust. And on top of that, I always say that um, you will find more meaning, joy, value in what you're doing if you can take a moment of gratitude and take a moment to serve others. Um, I would almost challenge everyone listening in right now to send a text message to someone that you're grateful for. Get out your phone and do say something nice to someone else. Tell them that you were thinking of them. You, We have no idea how much one that might mean to them, but also you're going to feel the endorphins by just extending kindness towards someone else. Because oftentimes when we get to the point of burnout, it's because we don't feel like we're being successful. We don't have the energy to be successful, but we're almost too absorbed in ourselves that once we start thinking about others, that can help us again, re-engage with ourselves. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, so we're a couple years removed now from kind of COVID and the, the you know, unprecedented kind of things that everybody went through and the isolation and those types of things. Do you think that uh, in what you have seen, do you think that COVID was something that um, drove burnout or, you know, additional stress for people within the work environment? Do you think that's a big part of, you know, maybe some of the things people are seeing or dealing with now? Uh, or or do you think it there wasn't necessarily a big correlation with that? Oh, I absolutely think so. I think, yes, COVID accentuated and elevated burnout. Um, mm-hmm. I think now we're finding that many of us love the hybrid environment where we can both work remote sometimes and work in the office sometimes. But there's actually studies that I've read recently that show that hybrid is also increasing burnout. Really? Um, I, I can't remember exactly why, but I thought that was interesting that that mm-hmm. hybrid effect was was negatively impacting it. So I definitely think that it has. And I also would, again, go back to that key point I said earlier about connection. I think that there are a lot of people that um, once COVID was over, they jumped back in. They wanted to be around people a ton. And then I do still think there's this demographic of people that used to want to be around people. But now that they got used to being in their homes, that are pulling back and aren't being as social anymore. And so I feel like there's this segment of our population that just they've pulled back, which is I I would always say, hey, if you need more family time or time to recharge, that's absolutely healthy. But sometimes it really is important to get out and connect. Even if you're an introvert, you need community too. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I think too, like, you know, we, we shifted to being a fully remote um, company here. That's right. You know, after COVID. And um, it's been interesting to see. I mean, I think that 
there are some uh, certainly positive things about that. There are some things I definitely miss being around people in the office personally. But um, yeah, I was just curious about that because, you know, I, I've seen in my own life and, and whatnot, I've seen it, what seems to be a lot of impacts to like are the younger generation yeah. uh, from the COVID stuff. And I would think that a lot of those, a lot of things would still impact adults as well, just maybe a little bit differently. And, um, you know, work stress and those types of things certainly I think ramped up for a lot of people during that with all the unknowns and, um, and then yeah. you come out of it and still a lot of unknown with, you know, different work environments and things. So I was just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, and again, I truly would just say it's it's almost this vicious cycle that's become elevated because since we can work remote, we're taking out our commute time, we're taking out the travel time often between meetings. And so because we have so much more time to get stuff done, there's this pressure on ourselves to get more stuff done and at a faster pace. And so the pressure, uh, you know, if it was 10 pounds a few years ago, it's probably 100 pounds now on all of mm -hmm. us. And it's interesting what you mentioned about the younger population. I noticed that um, those that are just coming out of college, so many of them that I talk to, I mean, they are in a state of stress that is unlike anything that we even, Matt, have experienced. And so I'm really concerned about our young professionals right now. And one of the things this might be a helpful example to think about is in our brains, we all have something called our stress monitor. Mm -hmm. um, so really what that is, is it's a progress to goal ratio. So for example, if you have this really strong goal, and you've only made a little bit of progress, that monitor is going to be going crazy. Whereas if you have this, this goal, and you've made quite a bit of progress, it's not going to be going crazy as crazy. And so what I encourage people to do when it comes to goals, and if you have a team member that just seems always overwhelmed and dealing with a lot of stress, if you can make sure that you are truly taking that bigger goal and breaking it down into those bite-sized chunks, that will help your team have those have more wins more often so that they don't feel so overwhelmed by this big task at hand. And I know everyone probably knows this already, the importance of breaking down your goals, but I just want to emphasize that with managing stress, and I just see it even in personal uh, and professional life, the importance of reframing, tweaking your goals as you go to make sure that you're not spending every single day getting home and thinking, there are 10 million things that I should have gotten done today. And I hate that word should because it's either you did them or you didn't. Um, should is such a gray area. But again, there's yep. so much pressure that our society is is putting on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so for our listeners, if if they're if we have listeners who are struggling, you know, with this kind of ongoing stress, they're feeling on the edge of burnout, or that they're that they're that they're there. Like, what are some resources that are available to help them? Are there are there things out there that they can find? Tools, things that they can use. Absolutely. Um, well, one thing I would like to offer is I have a free top 10 ways to prevent burnout guide. Oh. So that's a tool that I would love to um, provide you with, Matt, so that you can uh, utilize that. And I would just say, again, as far as resources go, two, I guess I'll give two book recommendations. Um, one is uh, the book Burnout. Now, this one I would say is much more female driven. So if you're a woman, you'll like this book. It's called Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And it talks about a lot of the things that I just mentioned. It's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. Um, and then another one that I've just found really helpful is the book Essentialism. 
I believe. Matt, have you read that one? I haven't. Okay. So essentialism is is by a guy named Greg McCowan, and he believes that everyone should become an essentialist. And his philosophy is the older we get, the further in life we get, the more spread thin we get, and the more people want our time. And so we actually have to pull back on doing the trivial many tasks and instead become an essentialist who only focuses on the wildly important tasks. And he just has a great narrative. And if you listen to him on Audible, he has a fabulous British accent. Uh, So that's a bonus. But he just has a lot of great tips about how to really do the wildly important things instead of doing so many unimportant things throughout our day, which ultimately ends up stressing us out and causing us to be burned out. Well, I will definitely have to check that one out. Um, and then we will we will link to those in our show yeah. notes as well. So yeah. how can people find out more about what you're doing? Um, you know, where can we find you on your website or uh, social media? Like where, where can our li- listeners learn more about you? Absolutely. Yeah, our website would be the best place. Okay. So youflourish.co. Also, for those who are tuning in from Fargo, I do a lot of events um, through the Chamber, United Way. I'm collaborating with a lot of organizations in town. So just keep an eye out because there are some public events that I am doing some speaking with. And then um, lastly, I would just say we have a, um, again, for ladies, sorry, men, but we have a women's goal setting summit in January that's also a great way. Our theme is destined for more in 2024. And we're talking about the importance of more means different things to different people. Uh, so more might be doing more, but more also might be uh, more time with your family. So that's going to be a okay. really great event on January 12th. Um, so yeah, the website youflourish.co is the best place to find me. Would love to connect with anyone who's listening. Wonderful. So we will make sure to link all of those in the show notes. I encourage you to definitely check out um, Kelsey's website. They have so many great resources. She mentioned a few. Um, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on. This is, you know, I think it's a really good topic, especially again, for, you know, our nonprofit listeners who, you know, probably deal with a lot of stress every single day. And, and we want to help make sure that they uh, they know how to deal with that and can, can uh, you know, create a situation where they're um, not getting to that burnout stage. And I think that's, that's so great that you came and chatted with us. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. And thank you to you listeners for joining us today. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the beyond the donation podcast. We're grateful you tuned in today. For more information about our guests and to view the show notes, resources, and links from today's show, head over to beyondthedonation.com. Here's to furthering your mission and driving more impact beyond the donation.